an orange pasta and you're a finian pasta. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Blethered. This is one of those episodes where I sit with one of my pals and we talk about subjects we find interesting. That's it. In this one, I talk to my pal Dean Curry about whether God exists. Would you believe in the concept of religion if the first time you heard about it was right now? You'd never heard about it before. We talk about how life is like a black comedy and how we find humour in things that aren't actually supposed to be funny and the fact that you need that to get through life, which can, let's be honest, be pure shite sometimes. Dean's a Rangers supporter and I'm a Celtic supporter. You hear us talking about the rivalry that exists between the fans, but also how it's a bit mental to hate somebody because they support a different team for the team that you support. Mental on it. If you enjoy it, let us know because we get a good laugh recording these uh, and we'd like to do more of them. Cheers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blethered where I'm sitting down and talking to one of my pals about subjects or questions that we've come up with. So I'm joined by Dean, Dean Curry. How you doing mate? No bad mate, how you doing alright? Ah no bad. Uh, we're going to have to kid on as if like you've just come in even though you've been sitting here for like an hour and you've just been <laughs> sitting talking shit. Uh, we'll get straight into it right, so this idea basically came out, uh, we sat for about three hours talking shit but it was quite funny. And we just thought, why not just sit and kind of talk about these? So the first one, we the first question is: Is life a black comedy? Either uh, as you said, this is something that we spoke about at length um, recently, and just we thought this might be quite quite interesting here to um, to discuss this and and possibly put it on your podcast. I, I definitely think it is. I think there's an element of black comedy humour to be found in, in most things in life um, and it's one of the things that you probably need to approach the subject with a wee bit of caution I think you need to find the humour in, in different contexts but I, it's something which definitely helps you get through some of the bad times I know personally speaking um, it's helped me a wee bit I don't know how, how you feel about that but can I the same I feel like in some of the, the worst things that happen are hilarious like for example I don't know if it's just human nature because you look at some of the worst atrocities that's happened te- terrorist attacks terrible things that have happened to people very quickly people turn them into jokes and while I'm not advocating or saying that's totally fine I think there's a human nature in finding the humour in things and I don't know if it's like a, like a I don't know if it's a sort of human element of self-therapy I don't know yeah. um, but some things are just funny that doesn't mean that they're nice, but they can just be funny, which obviously we'll we'll talk about in a wee bit more detail. Yeah, I, I think I mean just some of the things you mentioned there. Um, you need to find the context of the joke to make it funny. But I I, I fully agree. I mean that there's there's times where um, I mean just something that's been in the the, the media recently and, and in the public eye um, through the, the passing of Billy McNeil um, is dementia. Uh, you know, and that that was one of the things that that you and I had spoke about a wee bit. Just touched on how I, I've I've known people um, who have been affected by that, and while it is a, an absolutely heartbreaking 
um, thing to, to see happen to somebody um, and to see them suffer with that but in the, those early stages the, the the people do find some elements of it quite funny and I think that's what then helps them deal with the disease and the, and the illnesses it gets progressively worse um, you know one of the things we spoke about was a guy I work with has um, his dad suffered with, with dementia and in the kind of early stages yet um, he was telling me how he always had big golden retriever dugs <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said aye so, so anyway my dad uh, my dad had dementia and he says and, um, one day he got a chap at the door for his neighbour and he's like Sammy I've, I've just found your dug he's like oh, I don't know how it's good and he's like get in here get in here <laughs> pulls, pulls the dug in says he finds a dog in the kitchen and he says I'm up the stair and after a couple of minutes I start hearing <laughs> I ram he says I run down the stair and he says my dog's fighting me another dog <laughs> so my dad my dad took somebody's dog into the kitchen the two dogs are fighting each other <laughs> so the wee, wee things like that are, are funny you know and Aye. I think that, that's something which maybe helps people get through the, the harder times and more difficult times as they're getting on that you, you can Find an element of humour and, and wee things like that. You know? Aye, like like life life isn't easy. Life is tough, and being able to find that wee bit of comic relief and something, I mean, it doesn't take away from how how heartbreaking it is. I've also, you know, I've got family members that are dealing with that condition as well, and it's horrible. And sometimes we also just get a laugh about wee silly things like forgetting things. What was the story about the vet? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, this was a. Uh, this was a kind of close family friend, somebody that we, we grew up with for years. Um, and his grander suffered with dementia. Um, and it, again, it, it was it's an absolutely horrendous thing to see somebody have to, to deal with and, and see the, the effect that it has on somebody's family um, and how much it impacts them. But the, the very early stages yet, when it's... <laughs> you, you, you can't help but laugh. And I think that wee bit of laughter certainly helps you in... Uh, the story with the vet was that my pal's grandfather he was taking the dog to the vet to get a jag and after all the, the reminders of right remember you're, you're taking the dog to get its jag on Wednesday and but I right okay I, and uh, he ended up getting down to the vet without the dog <laughs> <laughs> she drove all the way to the vet sitting, in the, like... sitting in the waiting room without the dog <laughs> At no point crossing his mind, like, uh, I should have a dog here with me. There's, there's an element of this missing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. It kinda, that took us onto the conversation. Remember when we started saying, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, so we quickly went for that on to, is God real? Because if he was, why would he let these things happen? Let's relay that conversation a wee bit. Because I then said, or how did it go? Because we said, would, would God let these things happen? And then we started debating, basically, theology. Is God real? Is he not? Aye. Um, th- th- this was something when, when you and I started talking, and uh, it was like a week and a light struck with me, and I was like, oh, this is interesting here. Because um, I, I am absolutely categorically, I don't believe in anything, but I would never ridicule somebody else's beliefs or somebody else's faith you know I, I don't see the point in that mm. um, and I've always been somebody who believed that if, if faith makes you a better person um, then I, I'm absolutely all for that you know if, if you find that you take some form of comfort in that um, then 
then that's a good thing and if it makes you a better person and, and you feel that that has a positive effect on your life then chap on Aye. Um, but when we started talking about God and his existence and what his kind of limitations are or is he all powerful or is he responsible for everything then that's when we started talking about well what is he responsible for and, and what's he no responsible for Aye. you know if God is, is the all powerful then surely he's the one that designates these illnesses to people and you're like well what the fuck would that do because I then made the point and I was playing devil's advocate and I said maybe God has the world living as like a, a living breathing organism and everybody's got free will and some things just happen <laughs> and you kind of counteracted it with a really <laughs> interesting point which was when you talked about miracles aye, so aye. What, go on to that for us well <laughs> when when people talk about God and they, they, they say that and, and by the way I'm, I'm no in any way try to change your opinion of this or anybody else's opinion of this you is know, it, is that that, this is just purely my point of view I'm not an expert on the subject you know this is just my point of view and how I see it Aye. but when people talk about um, about miracles and what you can do and, and what you can do God is the all powerful and all that so the, the example I used was that of um, the surgeon who had performed uh, a life saving operation on somebody you know and somebody had said um, I, you know, thanks. I'm really praying to God here that you know my husband, my loved one, whatever it is, he he gets through this. And then when he eventually does come out of the operation, at success, um, the guy's had his life saved, whatever the case may be. Oh, praise God! Thank thank God for that. I was like, well, hold on a minute. What's God getting the thanks for? <laughs> you know, better thank the surgeon who devoted his life to you know, studying all his exams at school, doing really well at school and then going to uni and really striving to do well at uni and then eventually passing his uni's exams and then getting a, a placement at a hospital, performing these surgeries day in, day out, really perfecting everything that he needs to do with this. <laughs> all, all, all these sacrifices that he's made to save this guy's life for God to get the praise. Well, what's God done? And then people come back to, ah, but God gave him the power to do that. Or, the intelligence. Aye, God was the one that helped him on his path. That put him there, that would be, that would be the, I would say, the, the response, I. You know, it, it's interesting when people talk and they, they say things like, um, you know, praise God and, you know, by the grace of God this happened and all that, but they don't, God doesn't seem to like to take responsibility for any of the bad things that happen. Which leads us on to the next point that I thought was hilarious, and this is a statement. What if, basically, atheists and Christians have to come to an agreement? So imagine it was Christians completely proved that God was real, uh-huh. but atheists were able to prove that it was actually him who did all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so what what type of, like, like sort of moral quandary would that put? Because Christians would be like, fuck! Like, no, don't make me think! Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they would just be absolutely like, oh, fuck, so it was him, like, this whole time. <laughs> fucking bad bastard he is. And it's, um, well, this, this point, all credit for this point has to go to Kenny Carmichael. But a few years ago, when uh, Kenny came to stay with me um, out in Barson for a few, and we just talked rubbish every day for about 10 days, and he was saying that he's got this idea that God, Buddha, Allah, and like whoever else are all like, up in the, like a wee like a wee gamers room <laughs> like, <laughs> like in like wherever like heaven or whatever and they're all like basically playing their own wee sims game where they just try and fuck up everybody as much as possible and then it's like God's like I, I like, like I put mine in Africa but I've like I put mine in Africa but there's like there's no water anywhere near them 
and like, uh, and they're all like trying to outdo each other because there's so many like bad things that happen in the world. And he was saying like, there might be people who'll be getting really upset at this, or getting really bothered by it. But the point he was making, really in my mind, in a really funny way, was that we're giving all this credit for all the good stuff. But none of the bad stuff, so it's like, wait a minute, because if they say, no, no, but they don't intervene. Uh, and by the way, I'm speaking as a practicing Catholic who believes in God, I'm like, Gee, please don't fucking let me down, man. Like, I'm putting all <laughs> You're my rooting for him. <laughs> Mate, I've backed you this whole time, but sometimes it gets a wee bit hard. Sometimes you need to ask questions that I think are a wee bit either counteracting oh, or a wee bit contradictory aye. your faith. Like, aye, you, you need to challenge your own beliefs. I absolutely think that. I can I blindly believe it. Um, and it's good that you and I are having this conversation because, as I say, I categorically do not believe in anything um, in, unless my understanding's wrong that you believe that there's something anyway. Maybe not as, uh, as, as strongly as others, but... Um, See, as I've gotten older, as I've got a wee bit older, I've questioned things more and I've found my faith a bit tested with stuff at times. I know people, but that's good. Aye, aye. And people say, like, I found my faith tested but I haven't giving it up if that makes sense yeah. and uh, there's been certain things that have just made me really think feel like a theological perspective I was listening to Yanis Varakis is that how he says his name the ex-Greek finance minister right and uh, he was speaking about a conversation he had with a theologian mm-hmm. and he basically oh fuck do you say theologian or theologist I'm sitting here trying to come across as I think like, it'd be theologist uh, is it I'm I, trying to, uh, I, I think it would be theology. I'm trying to come across here as being intelligent and learned and informed. I don't know what the fuck he <laughs> called again. But anyway, a guy who talks about theology, let's call him that, right? He's pure, the guy's pure obsessed. God, man. Uh, the guy's pure obsessed with all, all things theology. Never shuts up about it. But he said to him when he was a wee boy, he was speaking to this guy and he said to him, he's like, you don't know for definite there is something you don't know and he's pure pressing him and the guy's like, look, mate. I'm sure I am sure he said that. Look, mate. But he's like, um, look, you're right, I don't know. Mm. But these things are sort of moral guides and a moral compass and it's like, they make me be a better person but the, and I don't see how that is a bad thing. The interesting thing about that is when you're talking about somebody who doesn't know and, and they're agnostic, I'm sure the term is they're agnostic, that they, they don't know if there's a, something there, if they don't know if there's a God or a, something supernatural, whatever that may be. Did you ever hear about the dyslexic agnostic insomniac? No. He sat up all night wondering if there really was a dog. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> Listener, whoever you are. You didn't come up with that anyway. Pause that and go back and listen because that is the best joke you'll ever hear. <laughs> uh, no, never. There you go. No, definitely no. Um, I know what you were saying there is like you, you definitely don't know. I mean, if either side of the argument definitely doesn't know because there's no evidence. Aye. And that's why I. I I see, I definitely don't believe in anything. I feel like it's easier to, not to disprove, or it's harder to prove the existence of something than it is to prove that something doesn't exist, if that makes sense. Like, if I said to you, by the way, I've got a pal in here, his name's Rab, but you can't see him, then mm-hmm. you, you, the, the kind of, the, the, the onus is kind of then on me to prove that, because if I'm making what is essentially quite an outlandish claim Aye. as to something existing or not, then you'd be like, well, Where's the proof? And well, this is something I said to you a couple of weeks back. We were talking, and, and uh, I said, just forget that you had ever been introduced to the idea of God or religion or whatever, you know. And I came up to you and says, "Right, I'd written a story down." Tell you what. So I'll ask a question of uh, the point that we had, and here's a question for you: 
imagine that you had never, ever, ever heard of the concept of God or anything, and then at the age you are right now, somebody walked up to you and went, by the way, I've got this story to tell you. Aye, so, I write doing a story about some guy, Jim, says, so this is Jim, and uh, this is uh, this is all true. The first thing you're going to say is, have you got any proof of that? You know, no. Well, 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 how do you know? Well, well, aye, exactly. How do you know about it? Well, it's in this book. Uh, right, but, and, and then uh, he told me, I know. <laughs> who told, that guy there, but who told him? Uh, he told him, right, and he heard it after some woman on the bus. So it just it's a story that's kind of snowballed and, and has arrived at this point. So I'm a massive believer that you're a product of your environment. Um, that there's no such thing as as a Catholic kid or a Muslim kid or anything. Fuck like man, I've just realised I'm going to hell. Like I'm barred for church. I'm barred for mass. <laughs> I just had this pure realisation. Like I'm pure disproving. Like, Get out my way. This is you need to prove it and go right. Okay, so you know. Like I, I was brought up in a house where the, we weren't the religious people at all. That there was no um, no mention of religion at all in our house. Um, and the school I went to was the same. We, we weren't introduced to any kind of religion. We, we were made aware of it as as most schools are, I believe. But um, we were never practicing in anything. We were never made to believe in anything. And as I say, you're a product of the environment. So I think if it's right to say that you're a Catholic kid or you're a Muslim kid or whatever I think you're a child with Catholic parents you're a child with Muslim parents because ultimately their beliefs are what are forced upon you mm. um, and when you're talking about the age you are now imagine somebody introducing the concept of religion to you when you're approaching or when you, you think of it with a bit of clarity you're, you're allowed to make your own choices whereas as a kid if you're kind of like if, you, if you're brought up in a, a house that's predominantly supported by Celtic sport or, or sorry a, a Celtic sport there's a good chance that you'll grow up to be a, a Celtic sport if you're born into a Rangers household there's a good chance you'll be brought up mm-hmm. supporting Rangers yeah. you know if, if you're born in Glasgow you're never going to grow up supporting Elgin yeah. you know what I mean okay. so see, I think you're a product of your environment so to that same effect I, th- I think the same can be said about religion so if you're brought into um, a house where your parents are practising Catholics there's a good chance that you'll be to bro- brought up with your beliefs and all um, and for a young age if y- your parents your teachers they're your first role models you know you, you take everything that they say is the truth Aye. everything that they teach you you, you know you absorb it you, you need to that's that's your source of information so if you're brought up with you know don't cross the road or you'll get hit with a motor look both ways before you cross the road or a motor will hit you you know don't touch don't touch the kettle it'll burn you you know don't touch the oven it'll burn you you know don't run upstairs you know uh, God real what was that one? <laughs> God oh, hold on who the fuck God? who's that? <laughs> that how much days two doors down? how many taxi? Nah, that's God oh God <laughs> that's God <laughs> but do you see what I mean? I, I know what you mean because obviously if there's if they're giving you like a a scenario and then a very measurable tangible outcome of if you do this then this will happen Aye. and they're kind of real things that maybe might have happened to you so then when there's something that is could be called supernatural you might then just take that fourth or fifth wee instruction as oh that's also very real because they're 
been bracketed in like the sort of same same category as aye. like very real measurable things. Uh, so the, aye, they're given the, the same kind of importance, uh, and I, I was brought up not believing in anything, and because of that, I think it's probably easier for me to look at religion in this way, whereas somebody who's been brought up as a Catholic or as a Muslim or, or whatever they might be, they might find it harder to kind of distance themselves from the ideas that's been instilled in them because that's if if Aye. you accept something as a truth when you're very, very young, it's hard if it's given the same kind of importance as all the other things growing up Aye. to remove yourself from that. I've often kind of thought and wondered or I suppose I just thought about how maybe as humans we need to feel an attachment to something bigger than ourselves in order to not feel... Because you hear people saying things like Joe Rogan always says, we're just a bunch of monkeys on an organic spaceship that's flying through space. Uh. And I sometimes wonder if that makes people shit themselves, like, fuck, like, I don't know if they feel a wee bit minuscule or a bit sort of lost in... Like, minuscule in something that is absolutely enormous beyond comprehension, which would be the universe. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if people need an attachment to something and it's why it makes it easier or more comforting. Something that people say now is that people are attached to money, like money's their god. It's something to, I don't know, either be underneath, whether it's a sort of umbrella um, categorisation, if that makes sense. I get get what you're saying, like money is is your god, but... I think it's probably more accurate to say like money would be your motivator or God would be your motivator you know to lead a certain kind of life or to try and better yourself in that way uh-huh. something you know? to focus on something to kind of essentially aye. work towards because you could argue that people if money is their God then they're working towards accumulating more wealth in things and materials which is fucking mental but batter on like do as you please mm. and maybe if somebody's main motivator is God they'll be working towards what they see as eternity and like afterlife you know being a good person or kind of doing these things you you kind of lead me to to a wee point here right so I read somewhere the other day um, it was a in fact it was on LinkedIn um, and I I seen an article about a billionaire who had amassed this incredible fortune Mm. and died of cancer at 56 that's hilarious. That's black right. comedy. So this this is exactly what I'm talking about here. When you like, if and I, I don't know if this person was a religious person or practicing whatever, but if if you can imagine that that person was a practicing Catholic, then they would probably be saying, "Oh, you know, praise God, I'm, I'm so fortunate. I've got all this money. All this, right. this is great. Like, thank, thanks God for giving me this life, and you know, and then for God to turn on and say, right, that's you." Uh, yeah, I, I, I time up. I'd like to quickly point out that when I said it was hilarious that a guy died of cancer, there is the complete context that he'd amassed all his material wealth, and by the time he was able to enjoy it, he dies. That is the kind of concept or the point we were talking about with life as a black comedy. Like other examples of that are um, a guy who is on his way to talk at a, an aviation safety conference dies in a plane crash. Aye. or like Aye. day kind of things somebody, somebody wins the lottery and the next day they get hit by a bus you're like mm-hmm. mate that's somewhat like it's as if oh, no like in uh, this is more relevant to any guys listening but pl- girls as well but you no know, playing Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. and you were just doing mad stuff while you're running about yeah. and it's kind of I sometimes wonder if God is 
playing life on a PlayStation. He's like, do you not be a fucking laugh, by the way? If they drive yeah. this bus off this bridge, you're talking about the most sitting of games. You're like, yeah, Buddha, we had to shoot, I just done there. I shoot each other, no way. <laughs> but I, when, when you're talking about, um, like, going back to like, an earlier point about God being the immortal and the all powerful and all that, I, I find when I talk about this kind of stuff with other people, um, that they always come back to the, the, the same things depending on how the conversation's gone mm. where they say ah, but God's not responsible for everything God gave man free will so that just seems as though for any of the bad stuff that happens God's kind of like oh hold on a minute fuck all day with me I've been, <laughs> been just sitting up here throwing cards into a hat I'm not getting to do with me throwing cards into a hat but like the, the other people on the flip side they say ah, God's responsible for everything and, and uh, when you they're quick to praise God and say you know ah, that was great God done that or praise be to God and blah 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 and then if something bad happens the answer seems to be God works in mysterious ways you know like, how that's you... a fucking mysterious way was the reason for the tsunami mysterious it just seems as though they've always got a kind of out for whatever the conversation might be now you're saying like if something bad happens and God's like at night like, washing his hands like that's ah, not to do with me mm. do you think like on the flip side if good stuff happens and he doesn't get a praise for it he's writing like single more Facebook statuses like <laughs> <laughs> some some people don't know who's you like some people bite the hand that feeds them and all that or some you know not naming names <laughs> some people Buddha's like are you okay hon <laughs> Allah <laughs> my Allah pipes in my you audio. need me no aiming any statuses here Tam for Shuttleson um, I, I've actually I've, I've just finished reading uh, Tommy Burns' book which aye. was I found really really interesting God bless um, I uh, it, it was a really really interesting reading it, Tommy Burns was a, a absolutely devout Catholic and um, there's constant references to, to his religion in his book which is, is absolutely fair enough you know that's I found the guy an interesting character that's why I wanted to read his book but he said something interesting in the book that it, it, there was constant reminders of him praising God and you know praying to God and things like that. And he said that he never ever asked God for his opponents to lose or his opponents to to miss a goal or, mm-hmm. or for something to happen. He, he always prayed to God for the strength to perform to the best of his abilities Aye. which I found really, really interesting and that was probably why his faith was maybe so strong mm-hmm. whereas if, if there's somebody who's maybe you know like say Rangers and Celtic game was going on and, and there's some Celtic supporter sitting praying to God please miss this penalty Rangers Aye, and yeah. Rangers score what's his reaction? you know he's like, you don't fucking hear me up there <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? so uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> poking the ceiling with a jaggy end of your so I'm fucking tuning you <laughs> so I, I, I don't know where the um, where you kind of draw the line with how people approach their religion and things like that I, I think Tommy Burns is a perfect example of somebody that, that did things in the right way feel like a positive not, mm-hmm. not wishing any as you say harm or downfall or failure on anybody else but is um, t- you know just for him to be able to do well uh, it seems anybody that knew him or has ever speaks about him just kind of constantly says the same thing and mm-hmm. it's a great example of how religion can be a thing that, that helps you to stru- I don't know, structurally lead a good life and people might say well it shouldn't take that and it's like well we don't know what the world is like without it 
mm-hmm. because it exists, it permeates existence in society. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have that comparison. And you know, if it's something that, that, as I say, helps people to live a good life, there was something actually that seems to have been passed on. So I was listening to a podcast and uh, Tommy Burns' daughter, Jenna Burns, was on it talking. Mm-hmm. And she said something that made me kind of stop my tracks where she said, when she saw Celtic, we beat Dundee, uh, and Celtic beat Dundee in like the last, like 95, 95, 95th minute, uh, like just not that long ago, under Neil Lennon. And uh, she said one of her first thoughts was, oh, that's a real shame for... Jim McIntyre and his team mm-hmm. and I thought that's nice that there's that acknowledgement because that never crossed my mind yeah. at all but then she went on to say like she knows how it impacts your family and that impacts your relationships and this might be a pure reach for me but it just seems like that's something that was I don't know maybe it's been passed down just a kind of way of still having a concern aye. for other people like no wishing ill for them mm-hmm. but still feeling bad when they come off second best aye but by the same token I don't think it you necessarily need to be a religious person to know wish ill on somebody else. Oh, I just definitely. don't need to be a cunt. Say that all the time. You get two choices, man. Just either be sound or be a prick. Like, aye. choose the first one. Aye. And it, it like, you, you hear things or you, you speak to people and, you, you know, you pick up on certain things that they say and um, they, they talk about maybe a, a dislike for a particular group or a dislike for a... a particular religion or something like that and, and you need to you kind of reinforce that idea and then say it's no Catholics that mm. are assholes it's no Protestants that are assholes it's people that are assholes Aye. And you, you get you get them everywhere and that's and when you're talking about uh, Tommy Burns there he, he found that you know living his, his life in that kind of way helped him be a better person helped him um, conduct his cell in the right way and, and um, for that reason I think people had enormous respect for the guy and that was only too evident when you seen like Walter Smith and Alan McCoy's carry the guy's coffin. You know there are people like Tommy Burns and, and Billy McNeil and John Gregg speaking and Billy Henderson and the way they spoke about and Graham Sooner so fondly. Like it's and, and, and on the other side as well, guys like Sandy Jardin and stuff like that. that they'll um, they'll kind of cross the, the divide. You know, um, where people have got enormous respect for them, but Tommy Burns is, is just a good example. Use on the subject of, of religion because he felt that that helped him lead a better life. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need to be a, a religious person or a practising Catholic or anything else. You just, I just, just don't be a cunt. There's times I'll be sitting right and I'll be thinking to myself and I'll be like, how much better would general society be if we could put sectarianism and stupidity and hatred to the side and if we could just see, you know, Catholics and of course dirty orange bastards getting on with each other because <laughs> that would put, I mean... The, it's the attitudes that are keeping us in the past. That small mindedness. Aye. If anybody, just in case it needs pointed it to you, I am kidding. I, I, I always need to say that. Oh, well, I mean, you and I are very, very, very good pals. We've been pals for a long time, and, you know, I'm a Ranger supporter and you're a dirty Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're sitting here having a normal conversation, and it's never impacted our lives, has it? We've known each other since 1999. 20 years, fuck. Aye, aye. No, was it not before that? Nah, it was, it was like early 99, because I'd been living in England and came oh, back aye. up. Aye, that's right. So it's never it's never been a thing that's thing made, but do you think... No, but this, again, um, we, we talk about something, something goes up and then you, you find yourself kind of branching after that. Aye. Like, if... You and I are good pals, I said, so if it was ever a case where I was introducing you into the other company... Um, and people didn't know you 
and he says, right, I'm bringing my pal Sean out tonight. He's like, all right, I'm, I've not met him, have we? Like, no, what's he like? He's a good guy. I know he's, you know, what does he do? He says, you always get a podcast, you know, he's, he's a friend, I've been pals with him for years, he's a good boy and things like that. You like him, he's quite funny, he's part of good and stuff like that, he's going well. Nobody ever seems to ask, what teams do you support? Uh, what fucking difference it, mate? Who gives a fuck? Aye. He's a nice guy and I go, what fucking difference mate, with team sports? Do you think then, and here is the way, how did we write, because we worded this in a specific way and we worded it this way to kind of highlight the idiocy of it when you simplify it, so... Is it mental to hate somebody because they support a team that isn't the team that you support? Uh, I well, I would say right. There's a nuanced, no right. There's a nuanced acceptability to it. See when you talk about, let's call a spade a spade, right? See when your team is playing on the, your your main rivals. As a collective, you are. Know, I would punch every single one of you right at your goaler trainers. Right? Look at state every one of you. That's as a collective, right? But she is an individual. I'm like forty, and my pals are in that crowd, and I don't wish them any harm whatsoever. Aye. So that's normal for that sporting way. But when you hear that an individual happens to have been, you know, be opposite for you, shall we say? When you then class that as the reason to hate them, I dare say you're a bit of a fanny. Aye, I think that there's. Um, there's an element of provocation that comes into it like saying old fun days and stuff like that right. um, where tensions are a bit higher and, and naturally people start to think hey, I, you know fucking Rangers and Celtic fans would be at war with each other and, and everything else but day to day then no it, it, should it shouldn't have any effect on you at all um, I dare say you'll, you'll no meet a bigger Celtic sporter than you no um, certainly growing up you wouldn't meet a bigger Rangers sporter than me I've, uh. I've kind of fared away from it a bit to right. be perfectly honest with you in, in recent years um, still obviously sport Rangers still take a good interest in Rangers and, and still want them to beat Celtic but no it, it would never certainly never cross my mind um, to to belittle another Celtic sport or anything like that you know if, if I seen another Celtic sport or it would be sister I wouldn't want to interrupt the date or <laughs> by the way that kind of reminds me I was coming out, we were coming to a restaurant the other night, and I'm leaving, I'm leaving joking, this was on Friday, and just having a bit of a quiet night, and I seen that, it was a guy, and you think, I'd, you, at the time I was like, you couldn't make this up, and he's wearing a Rangers top. No, he, fuck off. No, no, he was. You, don't, wearing, you don't see that. No, you see Irish all the time in the football No, no, he, he was, no, he's wearing his Rangers top, and... Uh, but he only had one shoe on and I was like mate I said you've lost a shoe and he went no well, never a fun one, one. aye <laughs> fucking hurry your older cunt <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it is it's daft um, as I say all, all fun days uh, and there's a bit of provocation for either side and tension's a bit higher and you know aye you get that but no I think that's that's a ridiculous thing to say because at the end of the day I, I wouldn't expect them to dislike me mm-hmm. for supporting my team you know, right. um, so I, I would I wouldn't dislike MDLs for for showing support to their team. Um, you know, it's, like people talk about hating a particular player. Or, you know, unless there's an element of provocation involved, then people who are watching football and the football on the telly look like, look, look, you fucking hate him. Like, how, he's just doing his job. Aye. He's, he's no he's no doing anything. You know, I mean that's his work. I think what one way to kind of define that see somebody who you perceive to be the opposite of you because you will perceive them to be diametrically opposed to you whether it's in politics, religion, 
general standpoint, you know, certain things, independence, aren't they independence? And you might just see that as almost an attack mm-hmm. on who you are because they're different from you. Like, <laughs> as if like he's going to come into your house and he's going to cut your throat in the night. And you're like, <laughs> the guy doesn't even know you exist. Aye, aye exactly. That's you're a nothing to him. Aye. All aye. due respect, you're a, an absolute nothing to him. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know you by name. He doesn't know that you exist or anything like that. We're obviously chatting about almost a thousand years. <laughs> Of history, yeah, I'll try to summarise it. But in in like in modern the modern day, like I hate, and this is annoying because we spoke about this. I hate the people who go, well, it is twenty nineteen. Oh, thanks very much for the, telling me the fucking thing. Oh, right, the youth polis. Aye, the it is twenty nineteen. After all, I'm gonna turn around and be like, well, it is nine pm after all. Yeah, <laughs> and fucking what? And like, I know time moves on, but you can't just use that to fucking summarise everything. But the thing I was going to say was obviously we're trying to summarise a, a long period of history but in 2019 it's fucking like let it go and that's not to say like cl- like Celtic Rangers fans should clap each other into the stadium and all that and Aye. swap scars and half and half scars like no in terms of that specific thing with that rivalry it's what makes it so brilliant although Aye, absolutely, it's kind of been messed up with the ticket allegation I hope that goes back to normal but it's, that's what kind of makes it so intense and so brilliant and um, I, I don't hope that they are ever pure best of pals but there should be in some cases people who can be like do you know what it's really irrational for me to hate this guy and again people might turn around and go oh, well he said he absolutely hated me and it's like right okay so I can understand why you'd be annoyed at him <laughs> but at the same time if you think that that is a bit fucking mental that he's doing that to you don't you then go and project that <laughs> to somebody else I don't want to be the person who says two wrongs don't make a right and again I'm not suggesting that you see somebody for the opposite side and you go up and give them a hug and five pound and like <laughs> offer to buy them a roll of chips and send them boys. <laughs> put them in a taxi and like send them up the road so they go up the road safe I'm not saying that but I think people will get the kind of the kind of point we're making aye um when we're talking about Rangers Celtic supporters and um, even going back to, to kind of people who have different religious beliefs and stuff like that, uh, it's it's no reason to, to hate somebody, you know. No. Um, in, in that respect, you and I are kind of chopping cheese. Uh, Hi. I'm, I'm a Rangers supporter, you're a Celtic supporter, you're a, a Catholic, I'm no. So, if I... I mean, but we're sitting here having this conversation, kind of try to thrash out. funny, but people can't see it. But we're actually spooning as we're the <laughs> as well. So you know, we're best. At, well, not really. I've got t-shirts on. You come in, you're like, why is the heat not so? I don't know. Mate, it's jammed. Are you roasting? Roasting in here, man. Take your shirt off. <laughs> that definitely man. I feel like we're going to have to take a picture to prove that we're not sitting here shirtless now um, is there any other kind of things you want to add or any points you wanted to touch on um, I, I, I just think that this is as I say for the conversations that you and I have kind of on a regular basis I think we um, we were other two pals Detler and Dave um, Jerry Weber and Flounders <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's the things we talk about um, are always interesting there's, there's different uh, elements to each of our characters and the, you know the conversations are always um, different and it's good to be able to kind of speak to somebody on a, a level like this where generally if I've been speaking to somebody about this and the, the, the conversation maybe gets a bit heated because of something I'm saying but Aye, you know, there's an element of disagreement but 
we're just looking at something for two slightly different angles. And I, I, other things we look on for the exactly the same point. Aye, but yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, you're not trying to convince me of I'm just saying this is how I think you're doing the same. Aye, exactly. And that's why we'll do this again. We'll come up with other other questions. Um, if people like it, if you like it, tell us because we're not really wanting to record stuff and then people are like, this is pure pish, like, I can't be bothered. Otherwise, we're just yeah, wasting what our time. The fuck was this? <laughs> but then again, we're not wasting our time because the thing is, all we've done here is do what we've always done for years, but there just happens to be a microphone recording it. So on that note, we'll finish up, but I think uh, I think we'll probably come up with another couple of topics or questions and record one of these again soon. So thanks for coming, mate. Thanks very much for having us. I really enjoyed it. There's a reason for the sunshine sky There's a reason why I'm feeling so high Must be the season when that little light shines all around us So let that feeling grab you deep inside And send you reeling where your love can hide And then go stealing through the moonlit nights with your lover Just let your love go like a mountain stream And let your love with the smallest of dreams And let your love show And you'll know what I mean It's the season Let your love fly Like a bird on the wing And let your love find you To all living things And let your love shine And you'll know what I mean That's the reason there's a reason for the warm, sweet nights There's a reason for the candlelight Must be the season when those love rides shine all around us So let that wonder take you into space and lay you under It's loving embrace, just feel the thunder as it warms your face, you can't hold back Just let your love flow Like a mountain stream And let your love grow With the smallest of dreams And let your love show And you'll know what I mean It's the season Let your love fly Like a bird on the wing And let your love to all living things and let your love shine And you'll know what I mean That's the reason Just let your love flow Like a mountain stream And let your love flow With the smallest of dreams And let your love show And you'll know what I mean It's the season Let your love fly like a bird on the wing And let your love find you To all living things and let your love shine And you'll know what I mean That's the reason